Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Humane Nation podcast. I'm your host, Allie. Happy fall. Can you believe it is already fall? Oh my goodness. I know fall is a very enjoyable time of year for many people. I mean, between the beautiful fall colors to pumpkin spice everything and spooky season, it really seems like there is something for everybody in the fall. (laughs) Um, For some of us, especially those of us in Michigan, fall also means a lot of rain. So if you happen to hear some rain in the background, I apologize for that. We, ever since, I mean, really Thursday, fall really came on time for us in Michigan. So it has been just rainy almost daily. There's been at least one or two showers. So um, I apologize if you hear that in the background, but just wanted to give a little disclaimer there. Fall is also a really busy time of year for animals, for wildlife. I was doing some researching about what all animals do during the fall time, and it is pretty amazing. It's some of the busiest times of their lives preparing for winter. Some, you know, obviously get ready to migrate. Others gather food and get ready to hibernate. Um, Some dig deeper tunnels so that they are below the frost level of the ground you know it's just so amazing to see how the wildlife just know okay the days are getting shorter there's a change i need to start preparing it is just so incredible but um anyways there's a lot of beautiful things about fall today we're going to be talking about the most exploited dog breeds now just keep in mind that this is not a comprehensive list by any means this is just our take on how things are going and trends that we've noticed or you know things of that nature so please know that this is not just a solid list this is just our opinion and i'll explain you know obviously why i think that for each breed that we talk about today I'm actually kind of excited to talk about this because this was one of my original topics that I wanted to talk about when I started a podcast. You know, back when I was still in the dreaming phase and the planning phase of Humane Nation and the whole podcast portion, I made a list of all of the different topics I could talk about and this was one of the original ones, so I'm excited to to get into this with you guys today. Before we jump into that, though, let's first talk about some news happening in animal welfare. According to the KRPC2 News, Sugarland County Animal Shelter in Texas euthanized 38 dogs and cats since April without first being evaluated by a veterinarian or by a behavioral specialist, which goes against the city's protocol. The shelter manager at the time was certified to perform euthanasia, but was not certified at that shelter. And according to the county spokesperson, Doug Adolph, the manager resigned before the investigation began. Isn't that convenient? Several individuals have either resigned or have been terminated from a shelter. They now have only five employees and also trying to regain the public's trust. At this point, they aren't sure if any of the individuals will face charges since the investigation has just begun. Now, I know a few weeks ago, I talked about how county shelters, city shelters, they need your help too, and most of the people working there genuinely love animals, and I know it's hard to believe that when 
incidences like this happen at city shelters, but just know these kinds of things can happen anywhere, at rescues, at shelters, at humane societies. But unfortunately, when it comes to animal welfare, and really with anything, you can't generalize, you know. Um, I would love to think that everyone working in animal welfare truly does love animals, but sadly, that's not always the case. And whether or not these individuals loved animals or not, the shelter manager at the time was definitely not doing as they were supposed to be doing, you know, but it's just something to keep in mind. But please know that not every shelter is like this. Not every county shelter is like this. On Saturday, September 24, some of you may have watched the premiere of Peeled, the very first all-vegan cooking competition. The show definitely made history being in the first vegan cooking competition, and it's really going to be interesting to see where it goes. The show features two hosts, four judges, and four contestants. I actually ended up watching the first episode, and something I really appreciated and noticed from the beginning was their emphasis on compassion eating, you know, compassion for animals. The winner of the show will have a monetary donation made to the nonprofit of their choice. I, I really don't want to give away too much, obviously, but um, just in case you haven't seen it already, but there were two rounds, two cooking rounds, and uh, one contestant was eliminated so far. Supposedly, you can watch it on all digital platforms, um, but I happened to watch it on their website and it worked great there. So their website is peeledshow.com. All right, you guys, with that, let's jump into today's topic. So, you know, it's, it's really hard trying to figure out just the different exploited dog breeds because all of them can be exploited in many different ways. Um, I mean, between puppy mills to entertainment and quote-unquote sports, not to mention lab testing. You know, there is literally so many different ways that animals, dogs specifically, can be exploited. And as I mentioned before, this is not a comprehensive list, and maybe you have your own opinions about which breeds belong on the list, but this is just kind of, you know, a brief summary of what we're thinking, what our thoughts are on this subject. But in this episode specifically, we're going to talk about dogs that have either been used for entertainment, laboratory, uh, puppy mills, and etc. So those are kind of the, the general basis of what we're basing these things off of. So starting from the very first one, we have Beagles. Some of you may be surprised that beagles are on this list, but trust me, it does make sense. All of the things, all of the positive qualities really that make beagles fantastic family dogs are the same reasons why laboratories like to use them in testing. They're easy to handle. They're usually non-aggressive. They're sweet. They're trusting. They're docile. These are all of the qualities that make them perfect for testing on, which is heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking. Now, these beagles are bred by hundreds. I mean, you remember us talking about before, HSUS just did that really big beagle operation where they rescued hundreds of beagles from one breeding facility. 
for a laboratory, beagles aren't necessarily beings. Beagles are equipment. They're testing equipment. They're identified by numbers, by the tattoos in their ears. You know, they're not actual beings. And this is why beagles are on the very top of our list, because that's exploitation, in our opinion. You know, I'm not going to get too much more into the animal testing side of things, because we've talked about animal testing before. You can listen to that episode. It's one of the very first ones we did. But they're subjected to pain, and they're subjected to force-feeding, like tubes down their throat, force-feeding them chemicals. And it's just truly heartbreaking. So beagles are definitely one of the most exploited dog breeds, at least when it comes to the U.S. So coming back to it, yes, they're handled horribly. Some of them live in horrible conditions. That's part of why that one breeding facility in Virginia was shut down because animals were living in horrible conditions and not having access to vet care, which is something that they're supposed to be doing. So first one, beagles. That's the first one on our list. All right, moving on to our second one. And I know that you guys will not be surprised at all, but greyhounds. You guys know that greyhounds have a very special place in my heart. Um, For those of you who may be listening for the first time, my husband and I adopted a greyhound um, last December, and she is just amazing. We love her so much. But sadly, she used to race. And just like with animal testing, we actually did an episode about greyhound racing too. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, I definitely recommend you check that one out. But greyhound racing itself, the industry, there's a lot of things that go on that it just is really sad and painful. And I think that's why more and more states are banning greyhound racing. Our dog used to race at the Iowa track and that one just closed earlier this year. I think there's now maybe two or three active tracks left. But regardless, just kind of a general overview of a life of a greyhound. Um, They are, greyhounds are artificially inseminated. They are bred and lived on a farm and puppies are born on the farm. Later into puppyhood, they get their ears tattooed. One side has their birth year and their birth month and a letter indicating which order they were tattooed. And then the other year indicates their registered litter number. So all of the litter mates have the same litter number. And again, they're kind of identified by this number. That's how you can look them up is by their number. Of course, later on, they're giving racing names and some of them are really odd. <laughs> but yeah, they, they train together. Then they move on to the training tracks and have some trial runs and everything. Anyways, once a greyhound can no longer earn them earn the money or maybe had an accident, they're, they're gone. Um, in the 80s, that would have meant that they, it's an automatic death sentence. But thankfully, since the introduction of adoption groups and greyhound rescues, it has really aided the greyhound's chances of survival, which is fantastic because they are such amazing dogs. I mean, really, they're usually fairly calm, sometimes having zoomies, <laughs> but usually pretty couch potato-like. Um, they're super gentle, sweet, loving, very sensitive, very, very sensitive. You know, you really can't raise your voice around a greyhound, otherwise you will just break their spirit. They are so sensitive and so gentle. 
And that's why it's so infuriating that not only are they used for entertainment, but in some cases, once they're finished with that life of entertainment to please others that gamble or that want to see how fast they can run and witness that kind of sport, which again, I cannot believe that some even consider that to be a sport, but even after that point, some are shipped off to blood banks in California. Just a little fact about greyhounds and their physiology. Greyhounds are usually considered universal blood donors. So just like in the human world, we need blood donors for people who are very sick or in the hospital, you get the point. But when it comes to veterinary medical world, um, they also need donations too for life-saving efforts. Now, because greyhounds have that kind of blood type, that kind of universal blood type, they're often ideal candidate for these blood banks. Now, these blood banks in California, people don't often hear about because I think in general, they try to keep their work kind of hidden in a way because it it is a little bit disturbing and frustrating for the public. Essentially, these dogs are kept in cages and then I think every... 10 to 15 or 10 to 14 days, their blood is drawn. And that's just their life. So not only this life of entertainment, but then also this life of being used for their blood. Um, It just is so infuriating and so frustrating and heartbreaking, especially being able to see firsthand just how amazing they are and just so gentle and sweet. You know, it's, it's definitely sad that they're being exploited in these kinds of ways. So that's why we included greyhounds to this list. All right, now moving on to the third one. I'm actually going to be combining two breeds in this category because I think both are equally exploited for this purpose. And that is pit bulls and terrier breeds, which specifically stand for terriers. The reason why I have these two in the list is because oftentimes people may breed and use these dogs. Now, entertainment is a very, very, very loose term at this point for this situation, but for dog fighting, which many people that participate in these dog fighting rings and practices view it as entertainment. They may place bets on them. They get them all riled up. They somehow find enjoyment with this, which is totally uncomprehensible to me because Because I just can't imagine how a horrific event like this would be enjoyable. I remember back when I'd be watching all of those HSUS, uh, you know, Humane Society United States videos, and I would see them rescuing these dogs from dogfighting properties. Most of them were these amazingly gentle breeds. And it's sad because they get such a horrible reputation because of things like this. What's also very challenging is that when dogs are bred for that kind of purpose and then are taken away, maybe taken to the shelter, they now have a low chance of getting adopted. And not only that, but many people aren't even allowed to own these kind of dogs because of their apartment requirements where they live. And also, even some cities have regulations about pit bulls, terrier breeds. It's very sad because a lot of it has to do with misunderstandings. 
But that is why we wanted to include them because once again, exploited for entertainment, which as I, as I said, entertainment is such a loose, loose word here because I don't see how anyone could view it as entertainment. And as I mentioned, it's just super heartbreaking to know that once they are out of that situation, what are their likelihoods then of getting adopted because of, because of people's misconceptions about those breeds? But that's why education is just such a vital thing. And I know I'm kind of going fast here and I apologize. I'm just kind of doing a brief summary, a brief overview of why these dogs, I feel like, are some of the most exploited breeds. All right, moving on to our next ones. Now, these dogs are specifically for, I would say, puppy mill category. Now, we haven't actually done an episode about puppy mills yet. Obviously, that's going to be coming in the future. But I specifically want to talk about poodles. I know this may be a little bit of a surprising one. But when I think about poodles, I think of all of the different crossbreeds there are of poodles. You have... Labradoodles, Golden Doodles, Bernadoodles, so many doodles. Obviously, there's even more. I would say poodles are exploited because of their genes, because they have their curly coat and sometimes even the temperament. People want cute little curly puppies and cute little curly dogs. And to get that, people have been interbreeding poodles with various other breed of dogs for years and years. Whenever there's a trend happening, you know, like, oh, everybody's into Bernadoodles. This just increases the likelihood of puppy mills catering to that demographic. Because remember, they're in it for the money. They're not in it for the quality or for the sake of the dogs. They're in it for the money. So if they see an opportunity to where they can increase how much money they're getting by breeding a specific kind of dog that people are interested in now or why or whatever is trending then obviously they're going to jump on it they're going to jump on the opportunity you know this is why i'm really not a fan of for example disney when they made their 101 dalmatians movie back in the 90s there was an increase in the demand for dalmatians and then once that trend once that fad is over what happens to these dalmatians they end up in the shelters. They end up needing rescuing. You know, this is why I'm really not a fan of lifting up breeds like that in movies because it just comes with this inevitable demand for that breed, that specific breed. So not only are more animals in the shelter being neglected and overlooked, but now you're probably adding to that problem by eventually becoming bored of this temporary trend and then giving them up it's the same thing with anything that's bred with a poodle whether that be a labradoodle a golden doodle bernadoodle i know those are the three i keep talking about there are literally just so many kinds of doodles but these are trends they're fashion dogs you know they're the ones that everybody wants on their christmas card but once the dog gets older or once the trend ends, are people still going to stand by their dog? And sometimes the answer is no. All right, the last group on our list is, again, kind of a couple of dogs, but 
the brachycephalic group of dogs, and I'm specifically talking about pugs, bulldogs, French bulldogs, you know, they have the very flat face, which obviously includes a flat nose. You know, again, these dogs would I would consider as designer breeds, and people have been breeding these dogs for years and years and years to have these very specific features, which include the flat face and the really smushed nose. Now, the issue is veterinarians have been telling the public, hey, you know, these dogs really have a hard time breathing. The vast majority of these dogs cannot breathe correctly. And this is all due to how they've been bred over the years. They are prone to so many respiratory issues because people have been breeding them to look a certain way. Brachycephalic type dogs are on the list because it comes down to people exploiting them for the sake of designer breed, but it impacts their health. It impacts the dog's health. And that's what's most important is the dog themselves. And if we're breeding dogs to not breathe correctly, all for the sake of fashion, then we really need to take a look at ourselves, take a look at humanity, and try to reevaluate our priorities here because, because that's terrible. And I hope more people realize this and begin doing their own research about it because this can't continue on. We can't keep breeding dogs that have horrible respiratory issues and that struggle to breathe all for the sake of money and fashion and trends. We can't keep breeding dogs to race and tracks all for the sake of entertainment and gambling and for the sheer sport. We can't keep breeding dogs to live out their life in a laboratory to be force-fed chemicals and given unknown substances into their legs and as they yelp in pain. We can't keep breeding dogs to fight other dogs for the sake of gambling And really, because some of these things are still happening, it's almost like us as a society is just deeming these things okay. And it's not okay. We need to speak up on their behalf. We need to spread the word and we need to educate others so that they're aware and not falling into supporting these various exploitations. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You know that we love to share your rescue pet and foster pet story here on our show. If you have a story to share, please visit our website at thehumanenation.com and fill out the form called Feature Your Pet. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye.